Now, how many of you heard the, the Malachi passage before, right? You've heard, of, how many of you know about the tithe? How many know what the tithe is? What is the tithe? Ten. The word tithe represents what? Ten. Right? Ten is what God says what? Is what? It's his. It belongs to him, right? And so what I'm, what I'm doing here with this class in, in this Bible study is I'm building a case for you to understand the tithe. You know, I don't want you to just give anymore. I want you to understand why we give, but I want you to understand biblically what God says about the tithe and what the tithe really is, is supposed to do, right? So one of the things that we found is that, um, one of the things that we found and one of the things we've studied so far, and I told you, is that the biblical foundation for truth, that giving and revival goes together. Remember I told you about that? That giving and revival goes together. The people in Malachi's day, what happened was the, the priest, if you read chapter 2, it started with the preacher. The book really addresses the condition of the people and how they were living at that particular time. You say, well, what does it have to do with, with God's financial plan? It's important that you understand when you read a book, understand the, the theme of the book, why the book was written, and who the book was written to, right? Now, one of, the, one of the big sins that the people were doing was they were robbing God. They were robbing God in tithes and offering, and God took offense to that, right? So when you see the Malachi passage, everybody knows the Malachi passage, but what I want to do tonight is I want to understand and, and if you look at your handout tonight, and the question is, in lesson two, what's the question on there? Okay, is tithing biblical? Can I ask the question tonight? How many, how many of you believe, tell me what you believe about the tithe. Let's, let's have a conversation tonight. What, what do you believe about the tithe? Well, I believe because it belongs to God that it is biblical and it is holy. Uh, yes, I, I, I believe that the 10th uh, was a guideline in the Old Testament that uh, gave people a, a, a guideline to exactly what God expected of you. Okay, all right. Yeah. So you believe it's a guideline for the Old Testament. Okay, uh, great, great. That's fine. Okay, so, so how many, anybody else? Anybody else? Tell me what you believe about the tithe. Because here's the thing. What you believe about the tithe is very important. Reason I'm asking this question is because don't just come to a church and because they say give a ten because God it belongs to God. I don't want you to do that. I want you to understand why. See, that's the good question. It's like a lot of people know about the tithe, but the question is why? And is it biblical? You said that it was the Old Testament standard, but it's actually biblical. So that's, it, that, the tithe never went away. Okay, because here's the thing. In the Old Testament, right, prayer didn't go away. <laughs> Amen. Praise didn't go away. Amen. So there are a lot of things that God said that maybe the dispensation has changed, 
but it doesn't mean that God changed because I showed you on Sunday in Malachi where he says, I'm God and I don't change. Now I want to get, I'm, I'm with you. I'm on the same page with you and I want to get to that. I'm getting to that. No, okay, I'm getting to that. I'm, I'm, that's all on that sheet. I'm getting to that. That's everything you're talking about is that we're on the right. We're all on the same page. But I'm just creating a little havoc here tonight, so that so that we can understand. I want you to challenge this. You follow? What I'm saying is tithing biblical, right? You stated a case right there that says it was for Old Testament. That's a great case, right? Somebody else, tell me, what do you believe about the tithe? Another case would be, we would like to know if you don't tithe, are you cursed? Okay. So is that true? Well, how can that be true if you said it's for the Old Testament? (laughs) But that was for them. That was for them. The Old Testament. So are we cursed now if we don't tithe? Church age, he expects you to give more than ten. Okay, all right. Okay. Anybody else? Come on, y'all, because this is a hot topic. Church just wants your money. Remember, the church just wants your money. That's all the church wants. Put turn that off. The church just wants your money. All right. So tonight, I want to show you something. Tonight, I want to show you something. Somebody, get their hand out real quick. And let's read together. I want someone to read for me. Somebody to read. And I want you to read this with me tonight. Is tithing biblical? So let's look at it. Somebody read that for me. If tithing is biblical, what other reason is needed? Stop right there. Beep. (laughs) If tithing is biblical, then what other reason do we need to tithe? We don't need another reason. I don't need to come here every week and tell you you got to do it. You should not have a problem doing it. We should not have a problem at all if it's biblical. But here's what I found out. If you're not spiritually mature enough to understand why it's supposed to be done and how it benefits you, but really you're not tithing for a benefit. I want you to know that. We don't tithe for benefits. We tithe because that's what's expected of you from God. You may want to write that down somewhere. You tithe because what? It is what is expected of you from God as a believer. And and here's the thing. Now, we're going to get into the curses and all this kind of stuff. But but see, here's the thing. Go ahead, Deacon. Read it. Read it. If tithing is biblical, what other reason is needed that should settle the matter for every Christian if a Christian is serious about following the biblical blueprint for his or her life, he would gladly do what the Bible says. So what it boils down to is obedience. And here's the thing, saints. You, You remember Saul that I talked about Sunday? Saul, which I'm going to reveal to you on, on he was he was a 
a man that kept the word of God. See, here's the thing. A lot of people call themselves biblical, call themselves Christians, but they're not living according to the Bible. And the Bible is our standard for how we live. Saints, I want to tell you something. If you're trying to figure out things in your life and you don't go to this book for the answers, then something is wrong. Now, now I, want to, I want to show you something. I want to show you something. Open your Bible to the book of, if tithing is biblical, then let's look at this. Go to, go to um, Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 8. <clears throat> and look what it says in verse 1. Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 1. Now, here's what had happened to the people. The people of God, as remember what we talked about in 2 Kings a week or two weeks ago, how in 2 Kings, how they were without the word. Well, this is the same situation with a different prophet. So rather than Josiah, here we have Ezra. Nehemiah had went back to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. The walls represented protection. And here's, here, let me give you an, an application. You build walls around your life when you are biblical. When you are living according to the word of God, you are building walls. That's protection over your life. That's how we have to live as Christians, right? So, so look what it says. It says, and all the people gathered, this is after they'd rebuilt the walls, and gathered as one man at the what? At the square, which was in front of the what? Water gate. And they asked Ezra the scribe to do what? To bring the what? The book of the what? Of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given to who? To Israel. You see, their standard, they had been without the word for a long time. The prophet had been preaching. They had been without. This is when the word takes center stage. And, and in Ezra's time, at this particular time, they were without the word for a very long time. Isn't this a running theme in our study? But Ezra took the book and he stood before the people in the square. And what did he do? He started to preach from the word of God to get the people back to living for God. Listen, if you've ever fallen off, get back in this. It's the word that changes you. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. It says that Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could listen. And what? And understanding on the first day of the seventh month. And he read from it before the square, which was in the front of the water gate. From when? From early morning to what day? <laughs> and it's hard to keep people in church for one hour. He read from early morning to lunchtime. Amen. He had seminary on Sunday. <laughs> Amen. See, the real, listen, seminary on Sunday is not just for seminary students. It's for everyone in this church. And you are 
welcome to come and learn on Sunday mornings because the word brings back order to your life. They had been without the word. And, and listen, they didn't have a problem standing up all this time hearing the word. Watch the text. Look what it says. He said, he said, in the presence of what? Men and women and those who could what? Understood, understand. And all the people were what? Attentive to the what? To the book of the law. May I say this to you? It's important that you pay attention to what God is saying to you. If the tithe is biblical, then you got to get to know what it says from his word, not what some preacher told you. If you're trying to figure out your finances, find out what God says in his word. If you're trying to figure out why am I depressed all the time? Why am I always backsliding? Why am I going back all the time? Go to the word of God and the word will begin to speak to you and sort things out. The word. Watch this. Watch this. And Ezra the scribe stood on a wooden podium, the pulpit, which they had made for what? For the purpose. For what? For that purpose, right? For the purpose of what? They had made the pulpit area a sacred area where the word of God would be preached from. Amen. Go on to verse 5. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing what? Above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people did what? Now you know why you stand on Sunday mornings when I say open your Bible to the book of, unless otherwise instructed. Biblical. You want to know why we stand? Some people say, I ain't standing. It's respect. You know why they stood? Why did they stand when Ezra opened the book? Because the book is holy. And saints, listen, if you respect the word, you will respect everything that God is doing in your life, but you will respect what God is trying to do with you. Respect the word of God. That's where, because here's the thing. If tithing is biblical, then you got to understand the nature of the book. It's holy. Look what it says. And Ezra what? Bless the Lord, the great God. And all the people answered what? Amen and amen. While lifting up their what? Their hands. Then they bowed low and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. You know what was happening here? Spiritual revival was taking place. Spiritual revival begins when you and I get serious again about the word. Watch this, watch this. So if tithing is biblical, and because tithing is biblical, right? Does it apply to you? It does, right? Now, how many of you pray every day? You see if you pray. How many of you read your Bible every day? Audio will work. I'll take that. 
Okay, twice a week. All right, very good, very good. At least twice a week, that's very good. Okay, now we got to improve on that because as Deacon James is teaching in his class, we have to make it a habit of getting in the word every day because man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And see, the problem with us is that we have, when we stop reading the word, we stop growing. We stop. We're not sensitive anymore to the things of God and we open our lives up to fall. See? And Satan, if you don't have a word on you, he will convince you that your circumstances is bigger than your God. But if you got a word on you, you can say, my God will supply all my needs. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You're able to grab onto these promises. I believe a lot of people don't tithe is because they don't understand the word. Church just wants your money. That's the phrase. Church just want my money. They're not interested in me. They don't help me. They don't, you know what I mean, you know. They just want my money. And that's the, that's the worldview that's out here today. And unfortunately, a lot of bad teachers today has distorted the truth. Now, I showed you Ezra, but I want to show you what you were supposed to do for homework. Go to Malachi chapter 2, because I want to show you something. I want to show you that you read it. Very good, very good. Tell me what you read Tell me what you what you understood. The, the problem is, I read the wrong version. That's all right. That's okay. Okay. Um. Uh, from my understanding, I don't know if it's going to be wrong or right, but it was something about. Um. My mind's going blank. Okay, I'll come. I will come back to you. Did you read it? 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 (laughs) I'm going by all the people who were here. Did you read it? (laughs) Did you read it? (laughs) Did you read it? No, you nobody read it. Okay, all right. Okay, tell me what you got, Aaliyah. Tell us. In the beginning, it was saying like um, because they didn't take heed, they didn't take it like in their heart. I guess giving that um, he was going to curse. Not the tithe, but that's really I didn't get everything else. Okay. Oh, and the offering. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. So what I'm going to show you tonight is that not only the p, not it's not just. Uh, let me say this. The pastor is not exempt from falling. Okay? And what I want to show you in Malachi 2 is that people always read Malachi and talk about for the people, right? For the church, for the congregation. Well, the man robbed God. 
Malachi was not written for the congregation. It was written to the preacher. So that's the first truth you got to write down somewhere. Malachi was written to the preacher. God was rebuking the preacher. You know why the people stopped tithing? Because the preacher stopped teaching. They started to preach what they wanted to hear. They started to help get them to mix uh, with divination and sorcery and all these other things. And the preacher stopped preaching the word. Amen. God didn't, God didn't get frustrated. <laughs> he never gets frustrated. He rebuked him. And he told him, listen, you wrong, preacher. Amen. You are supposed to be the example. You are supposed to hold up a standard that's higher than high. Listen, if you say you want to stand on this podium, this holy podium, and deliver the word of God to God's people, you got to live right, preacher. And God has said, something wrong with these people are tripped out. I know why they tripped out. You know why? Because the preacher started telling them, it's okay for you not to tithe. You know, here's the thing. Unfortunately, as a pastor, I have to hold you accountable. You may think, well, it's my life. I'm going to live it. No, you belong to Christ now. And it's my job to hold you accountable. To say to you, hey, you slip it. Now, I may not say directly, but isn't it funny when I preach how the word, <laughs> come on somebody, you'd be like, dang, God, how did he know that? Did he, come, did he come to my house? So that tells you, whenever that happens to you, that tells you that there's a connection between you and God and you and the preacher. He is your shepherd. Amen. Let's look at it. Let's look at it. Now, look at verse 1. It says, and now this commandment is for you. Oh, man, whenever God addresses you with the O, <laughs> it's like, oh, no. <laughs> All right? The O is like an exclamation mark. Right? This is God speaking. God says, and now this commandment is for you, O priest. If you do not listen, and if you do not take it to heart, to do what? May I say this to you? Their lack of tithing, their lack of service brought dishonor to God. And when we do not do or listen to God and obey his commands... We're dishonoring him. Yes, sir? Okay. Look what he said. Look what he says. Look what he says now. He says, look what he says. He says, I want you to do what? So if you're going to turn back to God, you have to take to heart. Listen to what I'm saying to y'all. You have to take to heart, saints. For real, take it in your heart. Don't just think, I'm up here every week trying to convince you to give your money to God. Take it to heart, whatever I preach, whatever I teach, that God is saying to you, listen, do what's right. Look what he says. He says, he says, 
If you do not take it to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send the curse upon you. And I will curse. Let me, let me, I'm going to curse your blessing. God had blessed them. But we don't, we're not looking, now this is for the preach, preacher. His blessing now is cursed. You know why? Because he was not honoring God. When we do not honor God, so this giving thing is bigger than just, oh, I'm, not, I'm just going to hold my tithe this week. Do you know how many of you should be super duper blessed? And I'm talking about, listen, you have a heart to be blessed. But your hands don't follow. Amen. And it's possible that your blessing may be cursed. God wants to bless you. He says, look what he says. He says, he says what? What did he say? He says, and I will curse your blessing. Indeed, and indeed, I have cursed them what? Already. Now, historically, let me tell you what was going on. They were having a tough time. They were enjoying the benefits of being blessed by God, but now their blessing was cursed. The same hand that gave it to them was the same hand that cursed them. Now, that is some kind of God. Why? Because they had walking they had they had fallen away from the truth they were not honoring god they were not living for god they had gone astray and saints when you go astray you're cursing your blessing oh hallelujah to his holy name now watch this now watch this now i know who this is written to okay i'm just bringing a few little illustrations i mean applications for you look what he says he says because you are not taking it to what? What does that mean? Notice God says that twice. What does it mean that you're not taking it to heart? There you go. Can I ask you something? Are you taking your Christian life seriously? Are you taking to heart what you hear from the word of God? And are you saying, God, I believe this. I need to apply this. I need to live this way. I have to take it to heart. Twice he repeats himself. He said, because you're not taking it to heart. So if you're just hearing the word haphazardly, and if you're just hearing the word and you're just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah you know what? I don't want to go today. You know what? He's going to say the same thing today. And guess what? You're not taking it seriously. You're not taking it to heart. And God is saying to you and I, he's saying, man, you better take me seriously. Because the same hand that bless you is the same hand that can curse you. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be cursed by God. Now watch this. It mentions nothing about their giving. They were cursed because, number one, they were not taking God at his word. 
I'm going somewhere with this. And saints, if you're going to be one who's in part of God's plan for global evangelization, you have to take God at his word and believe him and trust him and listen and hold on to it and say, God, I believe this. And guess what? The things that you think you have now, God's got something better for you. Come on, somebody. There's a bigger blessing ahead of you. Listen, just imagine if you were to totally surrender. Oh my gosh. I'm saying one more time. Just imagine if you were to totally surrender to God. Man, you're blessed now. (laughs) Just imagine how blessed you would be if you were to totally surrender to him. Watch what he says. Behold, he says, behold, this is the part that really got me right here. He says, behold, I'm going to rebuke your offspring. And I will spread. You know what that is? God said, now, now, now you think God is upset? I think so. I think he's a little upset here. But see, when God gets upset, he doesn't throw a tantrum. He just acts. He says, I'm going to put refuse, refuse. That word is, uh, what's 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 a medical word to say that? Was it? Feces. There you go. Thank you, because I didn't want to say that other word. God says, I will spread what? Feces on your what? What kind of God is that? What kind of God would say, I will spread feces on your face because you refuse to do what? Take me at my word. Live for me. I mean, I'm just, this is the Bible. This is the Bible. Isn't this the Bible? Have you ever read this? You have been... you. Malachi 3 has been has quoted been quoted to you thousands of times. Oh, he's talking to the priest. He's telling the priest, hey man, I'm gonna put some stuff in your face <laughs> that you're not gonna like. Watch what he goes on to say. He says, he says, and you will be taken away with it. Then you will know that I have sent this command to you and my covenant may continue with Levi, says the Lord of hosts. Now watch this. You see, what I don't want you and I to do is this. I don't want you to wait till you have feces in your face for you to realize that you're fallen. That life is so tough now that you've walked, you've fallen away from the Lord, and now you're being carried away. Then to realize, you know what? I should have obeyed God. I should have lived for Him. Watch this. Let's read on. He says, "My covenant with Him was one of life and peace, and I gave them to Him as an object of what." Reverence, so he revered me and stood in awe of my name. He's talking about Levi. 
He's talking about the one who, he's talking about the other tribe that did what was right. They honored what God wants, if you realize throughout the text, is he wants you to, first of all, honor him, and number, take him at his word with all your heart, and reverence him. So that, watch this, so when you give, It's a form of reverence. It's it's you obeying him, saying, God, I take you at your word. Those people that are not tithing, they're struggling. I know that for a fact. And those who are tipping God are struggling. Because he says, bring the whole time. Not just what you have left over at the end. And this is what the preachers were doing. Watch what he says. He says, true instruction was in his mouth. And unrighteousness was not found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and in uprightness. And he turned back many, he, tur- he turned many back from what? Iniqu- That's what the preacher is supposed to do. From iniquity. Verse 7. For the, pr- for the lips of a priest, what? Should preserve knowledge and men should seek what? Instruction from his mouth. You know what he's saying? That as people of God, you should always be seeking instructions from your pastor. When he preaches to you on Sunday, when he counsels you, you should seek knowledge. Because he speaks from God. Watch this. He says, my gosh. For he is a what? A messenger of the Lord of hosts. But as for you. You have what? Turned aside from the way. You have caused many by the what? See, I told you what they were doing, right? You know what they were doing? They were telling people, oh, you ain't got to tithe, man. Come on, give me half. They were not telling the people the truth. It's up to the pastor to tell you the truth whether you like it or not. And sometimes you may be convicted. Now, why am I teaching on this? Because I want you to be fully in the know about what you're supposed to be doing. And if after this, you are still not convinced that you should commit to tithing faithfully, then you have to take that up with God, and I'm going to look at your face every now and then. And guess what I will see? <laughs> look what he said in verse 8. He said, but as for you, you've turned aside. You've caused many to stumble by the instruction. You've corrupted the covenant of Levi says the Lord of hosts, so I also have made you what? Despise and abase before all the people just as you are not keeping my ways, but you are showing what? Partiality in your instructions. Listen, if the pastor cannot, 
Listen, I, I have no apologies for telling you the truth. None at all. If you're wrong, you're wrong. And, and I will do it in love, but I will not feel any remorse by telling you the truth. And you don't need a yes preacher. Remember that. Wherever your life ends you up, make sure you don't have a yes preacher. Make sure you got a pastor that's going to tell you the truth. The truth, saints. Watch what he says. Do we not all have one father? Has not one God created us? Why do you deal treacherously against, treacherously each against his brother so as to profane the covenant of our what? Our fathers. And he goes on, God goes on, God goes on and, and, and he talks about a lot of things here to them. But, but I want to go down to verse 17 because I want to get to Malachi 3. And at the beginning, he says, you have wearied the Lord with your what? Watch, what, watch this now. I want you to remind, highlight this phrase in your Bible. Yet you say, see that, you know what that, you know what that means? You know what they were doing? They were acting as if they didn't know. <laughs> All right. They were like, we didn't know that. How have we done that? I mean, are you serious? Look at how faithful you've been. Look at your life. Look at what you've been doing. And you're saying, well, you know what? I don't deserve this. I don't deserve what I'm going through. But how's your heart? <laughs> how have you been living? He says, yet you say, how we wearied him. In that you say, everyone who does evil is good. And God tells them how. Everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord and he delights in them. And where is the God of justice? May I say this to you? They, were, they had questioned God. They had said, where's God when I need him? Where's God when all this mess is going on? Let me tell you something, he doesn't sleep. And what you're going through right now Hallelujah. Is a test. And what you don't realize is that if you give in to those thoughts that you really, like the people right here, you will fall if you don't have a word. And you and I need a word when we start doubting. But he says, listen, don't get to the place where you start questioning whether God is real or not. You're like, well, well, why, if God is real, and why am I going through so much stuff? Why is this all happening to me? Why not you? Why not me? What's so special about me? What God asked me to do is obey him in spite of. So now that you get the context of Malachi 3, okay, we're going to come to a close. See that? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just moving slowly through this. Now let's read on. And talk about what then does the Bible say about the time. So I want you to go to Leviticus chapter, Leviticus chapter 27. And I want you, to, want you to make sure you highlight this in your Bible. Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 27 and verse. Let's see. And verse 30. 
what does it say there? Know this, the categorizing of the seed. What does the seed produce? Fruit or plants or whatever. So God says, um, it's not just what you have, it's the seed that produced it. I gave it to you. Because without the seed, you wouldn't have no return. So you got to know that thus all the, thus what? Read it again. Thus what? All. Right, right. Let's just, let's just, right there. Thus what? All. I, I gave you a stat on Sunday. And I told you that if, if, in a recent article stated that if every Christian in America would tithe, American churches would have $560 billion a year for the Lord's work. See, what I want you to understand, saints, is that this is not, this is for God, for his work. This is how he finances his kingdom. Watch this. Thus all the what? The tithe. Right? The word tithe is the word, the Hebrew word masna, marasa. And the word marasa, M-A-A-S-A-R, it means a tent part. That's where we get the tin word from. All right? Thus all the tithe So what we first see here is the ownership of the tithe. Thus all the tithe of the land, of the seed of the land, or of the fruit of the tree. Oh, look at that. Look at, you see how God laid that out? He said the seed, I'm sorry, the land, the seed, the fruit, and the tree it belongs to who? The ownership is who? It belongs to who? It is the Lord's. Now, now hold on. I ain't got there yet. God wants us to think about him when we get our money. When you go to work and you earn, you're earning on his land. Hmm. The company is in business not because they are successful, it's because God has them there. And when you tithe off of what you earn from that company, that's why that company's still around. And that's why the company prospers, because it never belonged to them anyways. Watch, watch the text now. He says, thus all the tithe of the land, of the seed... Of the, of, uh, of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. When we have what we have and everything we have belongs to him. And not only does it belong to him, that's where stewardship comes in, but it says 
It is what? It is what? It is holy. It is what? It is holy. So the first thing I see here is the ownership. Write it down. The ownership of the tithe. Write it down. The ownership of the tithe. It belongs to God. And if you look at how he says it, the land, the seed, the fruit, and the tree, that makes a lot of sense to me because when I put that in my life, the energy that I get to get up in the morning, the blessing of having a job, which remember when I didn't have one, and then getting that paycheck all the time from that job, it all, it, everything belongs to God. But he says, the tenth part is holy. Now, listen to this. You saw what happened when the preacher did not treat God as what? Holy. What happened to him? He was cursed. He was disgraced. His children, his offspring, I didn't get to get to that. His Listen, when you're not handling the tithe that is holy, you're bringing a curse upon your family, your offspring. The children start failing in school. They start making bad decisions, whereas, whereas they would have, if you were doing a set the example, they would have stayed on the right path. And some children, you know what I mean, they're just hard-headed, but I want to just say this to you. You know, I want to say this to you, that, that here's the thing. You affect your whole family with your unfaithfulness when you're unfaithful. But not only that, but check, check this out. When you... Defile what is holy. Man. You know, when I learned this, I remember the day that my pastor taught me this. When he showed, how many believe in this, the word? All right, let me ask you a question. Is it the authority over your life? How do you know that? Hmm? Sarah, Sarah, say, say, you're telling me about the effects. Say, Sarah, you obey it. If it has authority over your life, you will do it. You won't argue with it. You won't, you won't compromise it. You will live it. And as you see what happened to the preacher, and they're not exempt, then what thinks, what think, what makes you think that you and I are exempt? Here's the thing. The tithe was for the Old Testament. But the tithe never stopped being holy. You know why? Because God says, I still own it. I own it. He says, not only do I own the ground that you're walking on, but I own a tenth part of that. That's mine. It's mine. 
and it's holy. A tenth part of your time belongs to God. Come on, somebody. And when you don't give him that time, you're defiling what's holy. He says the seed, the land, the fruit, and the tree. Oh, hallelujah to his holy name. The seed, the land, the what? The fruit and the tree all belongs to him. And it's holy. And if I do not handle his tithe, you want to know why some of us are just living on enough? Because we have not been handling it as it's holy. Baby, this is holy. We need to put this in this envelope. But we're going to put this thing. If, if I don't have the discipline, I need to auto-draft it. Then I'm going to auto-draft it because guess what? I know I don't have the discipline to do it. It's, it's holy. All I got to do is pick up my phone and text it in. It's holy. The moment I get my check, I look at it. I say, okay, I got that. Now you tithe before taxes, not after taxes. By the way. You give it on your gross and not your net. Amen. So if you made 500 before taxes and you got a check for 452, you give what? $550 because you're tithing on the gross and not the net. See, if it's holy, then that means I must handle it very meticulously. Meticulously. I'm going to say it one more time. After your, before your taxes is taken out, before your, you know, after your 401k and your insurance and all this other stuff, God says, you know that it's holy. So I understand what you're saying. Well, I, I, well if I give, hold on a minute. I remember when I had to break that news to my girls. They're like, hold on a minute. Are you serious? Before? Go ahead, sister. Let me see. Let me see. Your child support. I mean, you, you, uh, you tithe on your child support and alimony, everything. everything. The interest that you get off of your 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 your, your investments, uh, income tax, all of it. You tithe all of all of it. And and you see, church, what I want to say to you tonight is this. The reason a lot of people don't do it, I, I thank God for instructing me in this direction. The reason why a lot of people don't do it because they don't know that it's holy. They don't know that it's holy. Yeah, I'm working tonight, man. I'm working tonight, Heard. I'm working. I'm coming to close. I'm coming to close. I got got to go because y'all got to get to school. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. It's holy. And not only is it holy, but but look at this. Look at the part of the verse. Look at this part of the verse. It says, it's, it's what? It's the, it's the what? It is the Lord's and it's holy. What? To the Lord. Let's do it again. It is the Lord's and it's holy to the Lord. What kind of God would put feces in your face? The God that says you didn't treat me holy. Preacher. 
people. And so as I close tonight, I want to leave you here by saying this. He says, verse 31 now, look at verse 31. Now this is for those of you who decide. I want to say not only there's the ownership of the tithe, but you ready? Write this down. 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 You ready? You ready? It is time sensitive. I'm going to say it one more time. Because of the holiness of it, it's time sensitive. Watch what he says. He says, if therefore man wishes to don't tithe this week or redeem part, you know, you know, you know what, you know what he's saying? If you decide, you know what, I, I got to pay my light bill and I got to pay my water bill. I'm going to give this little $50 and I'm going to pay my bills. Then what you're doing is you're redeeming part of it for yourself. Okay. Now watch this. It's, that's why it's time sensitive. Look what he says. He says, and you wish to redeem part of the, his tithe, he shall add one-fifth, he'll add to it one-fifth of it. You know what he's saying? There's a late charge of 20%. I'm saying it one more time. There's a late charge of 20%. So think about all the weeks you haven't tithed. How much do you owe the Lord now? <laughs> oh my gosh. How much do you owe him? You know, they say the only debt that you can, that will not be forgiven is a student loan. You can go through bankruptcy. You can go through whatever. They will never forgive that. Do you know that? Does everybody know that in here? That's the reason that our seminary, we do not want to get into that business. They will never forgive you for it. You will have to pay it. Now think about it now. How much do you owe the Lord? But the thing about God is he's forgiving. The thing about God tonight, as I close, you can repent tonight and get your loan paid in full. Honesty in the tithe is about understanding his holiness. That it's holy. That when I get an envelope and I put my, my money in there, it's holy. It's holy. But if I decide to keep a part back, then I owe God a late charge. 20%. So next week you give 10 plus 20. That's 30% of your salary belongs to God. So why not just do it? As I close, I want to read this one thing here. It says, therefore, we are told in scripture, both in the Old and New Testament, that as children of God, we should tithe. 
Strange as it may seem to the serious Bible student, tithing is being questioned by some within the Christian community. There are some sincere Bible scholars who teach that tithing is an Old Testament principle with little value for the New Testament Christian. It would seem that their reason for such a position are threefold. Therefore, we will look at on Sunday, we'll look at three questions to determine if there's a valid reason for tithing being considered an Old Testament principle with little value for New Testament Christians. Now, if you read with me when we read Malachi on Sunday, in Malachi it says, I am God and I do not change. Saints, God hasn't changed his mind about the tithe. The land, the seed, the fruit, and the tree is all his. And guess what? It is holy. 